don't overwork, but if you're not willing to get in the grind of it and take some mental pain, then it's not going to happen for you, is it? Lend me your ears. <laughs> this nation will rise up. Welcome to the Elemental Health Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Nick Quinton. I'm your host, as always. Another incredible episode lined up for you. And this is a really broad-ranging conversation. We go from um, the melting ice caps, uh, the environmental issues and impacts that that global warmings have, all the way through to some really tactical, tangible um, coaching methodologies and and tools and tactics that that can be utilized by guys and girls out there to to, to make massive changes to their health and fitness. Um, I'd like to welcome Ian McClelland to the podcast. Um, He is an absolutely inspirational character, full of energy, full of beans, full of life and full of enthusiasm for for all things health and fitness and and empowering people to make massive changes in their lives. Um, Super guy, I've known him for quite a while. Uh, Ian actually mentored me through a a running coaching course and and he he really is an incredible communicator and and really good at um, distilling quite complex topics and subjects down into into really uh, sizable chunks for, for lay people to understand and actually utilize and implement which obviously is the key taking action is always the key the intellectual knowledge is 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 kind of what we like to think about but actually breaking that down and, and implementing is is what we're all about on this podcast and and ian is a is a true advocate of that so without further ado guys let's jump straight into my conversation with the legendary ian mcclelland ian mcclelland welcome to the elemental health podcast um we've been friends for a long long time and i haven't spoken to you in in quite a while but it's awesome to have you on the show and i'm really excited to dig into all the bits and pieces that you're up to at the moment and all that tacit knowledge and that wisdom that i know um kind of is in your head because um we've shared a lot of um fitness experiences and, and you actually took me through a program of uh, running training which I, I then uh, took on and developed into my own little thing as well so um, loads of different things to talk about um, loads of areas we could start with but what I'm really keen to understand is um, what you're up to the moment what your main focus is um, and um, how how you kind of how you're putting your sort of message out into the world well my main focus is definitely um you know, it's almost like the extension of that personal training journey where you take someone from A to B. I mean, in personal training, there's two types of people, isn't there? There's someone who's got a specific goal. I want to go up that mountain. I want to do a half marathon, triathlon, and then you train them for a period of time until that. Then there's other people who are more on a lifestyle goal and they will be your longer term clients. But either way, that journey is pretty exciting. You know, especially when somebody hits certain points uh, in their life or their goals, hence, you know, finishing the race or something like that. And then I started thinking, well, actually, the best bit is being on that final exciting ride itself. You know, I was training people to go up Denali, Mont Blanc and, 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 and all of these sorts of things. And it just seemed a natural extension. Why send them off and not share that great, last moment for them mm-hmm. so as things were going i was like doing mountain leader 
applications, you know, helping out at a school with a DOE program. So then I started moving into thinking, well, like, if I want to do these goals, tend to be abroad. So then go and do international mountain leaders, and then uh, that developed um, through there. So really, it's it's just an extension of what you do and what I do as well. You know, cool. That sounds really exciting. So um, develop that a little bit, give people a bit of an insight into actually what you do, because you've got your, your kind of branded up company, um, Turn Wild, and, yeah. and kind of what, what that's all about and what, what, you know, what, why, why you think that's important in life. Well, it's, it, Turn Wild is its uh, second manifestation because um, when we started, unfortunately, we, we called it Turn Me Wild. And we just got the wrong sort of uh, client base. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so it was turned wild because it was also, you know, you're in the city. There's nothing. It's great to live in the city. It's great to, you're down in Brighton, aren't you? A very vibrant yeah. place. Really cool down there. Um, I'm in London at the moment, although I, brought, I grew up down where you are. And, uh, but I want to get out into the wilderness and, and appreciate uh, what nature has to offer and really connect there. So that's where the name Turn Wild comes. It's not necessarily you're going to go out bare grill style and start catching rabbits and eating things that make a billy goat puke. You, you, you just want the skills and the confidence to go out and truly immerse yourself and enjoy it. And that's, that's the key, the enjoyment. Okay. You know, yeah. So we've done that with quite a few people and it really works. And some people, you know, even to places that you think, you know, going up to the, the lake just below Snowdon has been a, an almost life-changing event for certain people who, who have never done anything like that. So it, it depends where you're at, what your Everest is. Mm, yeah. Where do you and think that, most, most that, people... Where do you think most people are with that then um, from your experience of the guys that come to you and attracted to you? Because I know um, what you try and do is you, you try and create a real adventure, don't you? And, you, and you're quite into yeah. wild camping and completely getting away from civilization um, with trips uh, all over to different places. And I think my understanding is you pick places that you know you can you can get away and actually find those kind of those pockets of, of completely uncivilized nature. Yes. So basically, we all, you know, anyone who goes to a trainer and says, I'm feeling run down, I'm exhausted, you know, you, you can't generalize totally, but they're working too hard. You know, they've got the internet, they've got their mobile phone, they never get away from, from work, they're working late at night. I mean, I do it, you know, um, you have got all these pressures on you and you're slightly burning out. So, but you want to go on a holiday and get away from it. So, as soon as you're in the wilderness, you get in a flow of expedition, which is, you know, you're, you're moving for probably eight hours. You might have rest, you might look at things, take photographs that could take up to 12 hours. You've got to put up your tent. All you're thinking about is what you're going to eat next. Your life in those, you know, for the duration of the expedition becomes very simple and focused. And it's almost, you know, there's certain things in nature you cannot, really change i mean recovery time from a hard exercise you know you need a certain amount of time you can say you don't and that's linked to age the only way to play with that is to you know take illegal substances you know steroids and stuff so it takes them um, you know when people say you want to de-stress it takes a period of time and when you go away on an expedition for four or five days maybe longer even four or five days you feel like you've been away a month 
and you physically get that de-stress. But at the same time, if you take someone to the correct place where they're really feeling like they're connecting, you know, to the edge of the Greenland ice cap or, you know, something like that, then they really do connect with something that they're hearing about all the time, climate change, and their mind is completely taken out of that sort of work, family, the daily grind into thinking constantly about the bigger picture and that is relaxing as it, as it, as it gets yeah I, i'm sure and and i've certainly experienced that firsthand with with kind of the small uh, challenges that i've i've done in my life and what's um what's what's been the feedback for the guys that you've taken from kind of that city environment that haven't never done it before and and kind of you pushed them beyond what they've believed they can do uh, what what are the challenges to actually pushing someone into into that uh, something completely different that that feels completely alien to that individual? What are the challenges that that either people tell you they're having, or or you you you've experienced um, at the time to come? It's, it's giving people friends. confidence. So pushing is a t- like there is certain ways. You know, you, you're trying to get somebody up a hill. Come on, come on, come on, come on, up the hill, up the hill, and get to the up the hill. Where I'm going remote, we don't do that. If they can't get up that hill without me going on, they shouldn't be there because it's remote. It's not like, you know, we're doing a Snowden challenge and it's, you know, it's so near civilization and you've got a team with you, you can get them down. This is, you know, you're talking helicopters. So helicopter rescue. So you're assessing them well before. You want them at a fitness level where, you know, they, they pick up confidence as they go along. They realize, you know, you've trained them to a level that they have got the fitness. Once the initial fear of being in the middle of nowhere without a phone goes, then they start relaxing into it day two. Day three, they're talking about the next adventure, you know, where they can go in England by themselves. And normally, you know, they come back, they have the expedition crash where you get a bit miserable which I warned them about you know you've got to have like another little thing planned uh you know even a day out with your friends just to look forward to to take that edge off and in six months they're asking you where to go next mm. you know and it's ongoing because it's a great you know, the travel adventure holiday is something that's massive because of several factors you know and you've got two parts you've got the one where people want you know, adrenaline, you know, we're going to go up that mountain, we're going to be hanging off ropes, it's, oh my God, and that's one side of it. And then the other side, which is getting into the flow of expedition. And we're sort of a little niche where you've got to be, you know, for certain of them, you've got to raise your game fitness-wise, and then you've got to carry all your own stuff. It's hard, but it, the rewards are great at the end of it because you hit you really do feel like you've escaped. You really do feel like you've accomplished something and you really do see stuff that other people aren't seeing. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Mm. And, it's, and it's a great joy to be part of that, you know, um, mm. see that in their people's faces. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I, I, yeah. Cause it, what you're describing is a complete transition from where, what they do on a day-to-day basis. And, and yeah. oh, it's, it's a, a metaphorical journey within as opposed as much, as much as it is as a journey without actually going into those remote areas. Yeah, definitely. So you do all your smash, you do all your pushing in your, your run up to your expedition. So that gives you the confidence to pick up that, that rucksack, 
and then you know blast into nowhere. I mean, when I'm talking to people, it's quite surprising. I meet people who, you know, ladies included. I don't lift that heavy. They tell me what they're lifting. I'm like, oh, flipping heck, that's you know, that's strong. You know, CrossFit, all, all, all this lifting. And then I go, they go, well, what do you have to do? I said, well, you, you'll be carrying about 15 kilos. Oh, I can't do that. What? <laughs> I, 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 I go, I take, you know, 16-year-old girls into the mountain carrying 15 kilos of a Duke of Edinburgh. But you, who's a completely stronger physique and mentally stronger, think it's beyond you for some reason. So all they need to do is, have a little day trip with a 15 kilo and then they have the confidence to do it. They've got done all the groundwork for the last year or two, some of them. So yeah, it's, it's, it's finding out what's stopping the person if they really want to do it and then unraveling that. Okay. So you've touched on one kind of objection to, to, to doing some sort of expedition that pushes yeah. them beyond what they're used to. What other kind of um, objections, challenges do you come up barriers that people have in their, in their heads more than anywhere else? Well, I mean, obviously there's some people who the thought of lugging around their own food and tent and everything, it's just, it's not their thing, you know, they just want to go to the beach. Um, but other people, it will be a series of fears from the weather, the terrain, the amount of risk. Um, it's all beyond them. And, and these fears will man manifest into a, I mean, to them it's logical, but it's not logical, you know? And so what you've got to do is then slowly base that, maybe take them to certain places so that they realize they come to their own agreement. Well, that's a bit, that wasn't right. You know, I can deal in the rain all day and then jump in a tent. So by make, doing something, giving them a little experience beforehand, then they realize that they do have the skill set. So a bit like, you know, even when I did uh, TH training for, for a while, um, you know, the first night they get you under a basher and, you know, and that's it. Second, second weekend, you're doing a bit of stag as well. I mean, you're not doing it properly like in a full military, but they slowly built you up with the exposure and, and the amount of discipline and what they spent physically. And that's what you need to do to give someone the confidence. And that's the approach that you take with your, your Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We're not, we're not rewriting the wheel. We're just saying, okay, listen to the, what they are and say, this is good for you. If it's somebody's really um, motivated, you know, I could, you know, give them an assessment and say, well, actually for you to do this, you need to do A, B, C, D and E to be comfortable. Um, you know, they are. They go. Yeah, I want to do that or not. Or you go. This expedition for the amount of effort you want to do might be better for you. And that's on an individual assessment basis. So what we we take people to the Lake District, um, and that's where, you know, it's a two way assessment. You, you know, people do it and then they realise then their strengths and weaknesses. No one's silly who comes. You know, people are quite intelligent and then they reflect and then they generally come to you and say, right, okay. I think I need to do more of this. And you're like, yeah, that's okay. You know, cardio, you're good to go. Your legs were a bit weak. Why don't you start doing reverse lunges? And you can just help them quite simply uh, to get where they need to be. Some people, it is just exposure to being in a tent. Mm. And, oh, wow, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I know. I had all these fears. Yeah, yeah of course, that's natural. If anything unfamiliar to you was going to develop some fear, um, no, but, but it, you know, we all know it's, it's fantastic once you're out there. So the reward for, for facing that fear is quite, is, is quite large. And I think it's harder as you get older for people to face 
to face that fear. Cool. And what, why do you, so the places that you go to, the more extreme environments that you take people to, uh, why have you selected those areas? Why are they special to you? Well, Greenland is our number one destination. Um, it's special to me because it's, to me, it's the front line of climate change. So it's where everything's happening. I think going and seeing for yourself, the, the place is developing rapidly. Um, it, it's the time to go. And then you can come back and make more balanced decisions of, of, of how you see the whole climate change argument. Um, so I, I think it's a really, really good place to go. I like going to Norway. I mean, that again, it's rugged, it's harsh, not so remote where we go, but you know, to be able to be at sea level and then within a few hours by a glacier, which is, you know, like, like you're in, in the Alps, it is just phenomenal. I mean, the experience and then, you know, you're away from everything at times and it's hard. That is hard because of the old attitude that we're constantly climbing. Um, last time I went there, the first night was, I think, minus three. And then the second night was plus 25 degrees. So that was, we had to be prepared for everything. Um, and that was, that was, that was tough. That was, that's probably one of the toughest hikes I do commercially. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And then that is only a select, I mean, people really, it's harder than Greenland just because of the, the, the terrain. You, you've, you've got to really be, I've got to be comfortable taking the person really. Wow. Because you again, you're talking injury, you're talking about chopper evacuation, then and all the difficulty that, that arises. And what, so how has that affected your view of climate change and going to Greenland and, and seeing it firsthand over and over again? It's happening fast. I mean, I, 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 in the years I've been going, uh, I've seen where one point where, you know, people go to step on the glacier, this tourist point, it, it's vanishing and it's disappearing. And it's just like a, a smudge of sediment now in places because the height of the edge of the glaciers is rapidly dropping in places. And then when you think about the size and the volume of what you're talking about, it's an enormous amount of water loss. And more you read about it and more interesting it is, um, because it's such a fragile ecosystem. You're, you're in a tundra environment, which is now having its biggest tundra fires on record, you know, almost every summer, um, the place is warming up. Uh, one of the issues that we've had, although the Greenland government says where I go is absolutely polar bear free because it's too far south. There was a polar bear I found out sighted there two years ago. So we're starting to have to readjust our whole risk assessments. Most people operating out there are still operating and the hundreds of hikers still going there are operating as though there's no polar bear risk. But, you know, I'm talking to the top experts now um, and that's going to be an ongoing risk assessment up to the day that we go so we may start you know doing polar bear watch uh, and things like that because there's two issues one you know we don't want anyone to get hurt but we don't want the polar bears to get hurt either no but i'm not expecting to see anyone any you know if we were i wouldn't be going um but yeah so there's interesting questions and that's you know a direct result of climate warming Mm, cool i yeah. want to pivot <clears throat> that that is is fascinating i want to pivot slightly because i know there are so many different areas that we could talk about and um we, we don't have time to cover everything but um <clears throat> i just want to uh dig into your kind of fitness journey your health journey a little bit yeah 
um, because I know you've got loads of uh, kind of wisdom and knowledge and, and experience as well in coaching um, coaching guys like us kind of kind of hit their 40s and things slow down a little bit and um, decisions get made and fitness gets put on the back burner and health gets put on the back burner in, in lieu of a busy life and work and family and all that sort of stuff. So what, what's been your kind of your, your journey to, to, to focusing on health and fitness and um, how has that differed from someone that's perhaps not ahead of the curve um, and, and not doing what they should be doing? Okay, well, my background to start off with wasn't sports science or anything. I did a degree in health studies, and then I did a master's degree in, in a related health topic as well. So, and interestingly, I'm still friends with my old lecturer, and, uh, and you know, he, he helped me focus me when I was losing focus in academia, as young men do. Um, and interestingly, I, I feel like I've, I've taken him on a couple of ventures up Grand Paradiso uh, and also to, I've done the hard, one of the hardest hikes in Iceland, which he, he really enjoyed. So um, after that, you know, the, I didn't really, I was just drifting, but doing Muay Thai. And I just loved Muay Thai. Um, I was rubbish at it. It's not a great sport not to be particularly good at because you get hit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but then something really made me think. A friend of mine who I work with uh, died. Um, avoidable circumstances. And, you know, I, I just thought, look, I'm, I'm now, I've been like doing tie box and smashing little pads for spine for about six, seven years. And I was approaching 30. And I thought, you know what? You haven't seen any of the world. You haven't done anything. You haven't met anyone. So I went, you know, I'm really, I've got this health degree. I love fitness. I need, how can I put both together? So I thought, okay, cruise ships. So I spoke to someone and they said, the qualification you've got to have is aerobics exercise to music. Oh, oh, oh my God. Uh, well, and I, I wanted to do like some macho striking thing or you know and i was like oh no so i i, I remember this guy telling me it was on christmas eve a friend of mine uh ian barmer's cousin and uh i just went home and i just had my end in the head i can't do it i can't do it and then i went listen if you're that determined for this goal you'll do anything so i started going to aerobics classes i, I can't do aerobics yeah. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and I remember being running one class was in this, uh, and I was training for a fight at the time. I was going for an interclub fight, so it was pretty, pretty fit. You know, I used, to, I used to run six miles in the morning, Muay Thai in the night for an hour or two, uh, six days a week. And uh, these guys are leaning over, going, oh, look at him, look at him. And I just went, I just don't know if I can handle this. And uh, I went, no, you can handle anything. You can do it. You can do it. So... Did the course, blagged my way on the course, said I loved aerobics, been doing it for years. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing the woman said to me is, don't use your arms. You know, I was like, so I did the course, and the woman supposed to be aside at the end, and she goes, uh, you're gonna fail. <laughs> so I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you know, the dream's been shot in the legs already. So uh, I went, okay, what have I got to do? And she goes, you've got to train every day before the exam in a month. And I went, okay. And then she was kind. She said, if you show me a week's time your the easiest choreography you can do, 
I'll help you out and give you a few tips. So I did that and then I woke my mate up uh, and his future wife and I basically taught them the most boring routine every day for a month. And uh, <laughs> then I went for the exam and it was weird because nobody wanted, loads of people getting exam. Nobody wants to be at somebody's boring, uh, boring, you know, sort of exam. And then my class was full because everyone thought this guy's going to fail. And then I actually pulled it off. One of the girls who he was, you know, joy had come in was going, no, I heard him on the phone. No, he's actually quite good. You know, and, uh, <laughs> and then I got on the cruise ships and then, which was art because then suddenly it wasn't about aerobics. It was about selling. Um, and then did five years on that, which was forgiving in ways, great in ways, seeing the whole world, uh, meeting people from every different, you know, 28 nations sitting in the, you know, in the crew area. It, it was opening and, and a real special time in my life. Mm. And then uh, I thought I had enough of that. Cause it, and then when I worked in Kenya for two years, sort of training people up who were burning out from London life or New York life. So they came for a sort of fitness, lose weight, get fit sort of thing it was one of the first places to start that i think the internet as it built up changed a lot of that because trainers were like why is my client going off to somebody else's fitness resort i'll just start my own yeah um so that that affected that but we used to do hikes all around kenya and i started thinking that's what i want to do i want to take people hiking because you get to chat to them on the way and it's you know really connecting and then I remember looking at what the qualifications were, you know, to do it around the UK and stuff. And I'm not going to be around for years and years and years to get qualified in that. Then I left Kenya and I was going to Singapore for a job. And then, you know, it's something personal happened. So I just thought I'd be a bit be in the UK for a while. And then uh, a guy who I worked with, an, an ex-Marine uh, called Matt Walker, <laughs> said to me, um, I've got this, I'm working at this place coming come and work there and it's called british military fitness oh no right then i'll go along and you had to be military everyone's judging you on what you did in the army what rank you were and i'm and the guy says don't tell anyone you weren't in the army so i'm just like you know when you meet someone the first thing they do is obviously they're being a bit evasive so yeah it was a bit hard um but before i joined there i've obviously done about three thousand classes so i was experienced in teaching but they wanted me to see, you know, their way. So I think you had to do this thing called shadowing, where normally you had to shadow three people. I mean, I did 24 because I didn't have a military background. So they wanted to make sure that I was committed. But they also said, you've got to join the military. And I, you know, like you do in an interview, you give it, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I gave it that and I was thinking, never forget. I never, ever remember. And strangely, the best thing about that whole experience was they did remember. And then I had to do phase one of the, the TA training. And then when I was on that, I was like, this, I'm loving the camping. I'm loving being out there. I, I'm not enjoying the stag and the hurry up and get the hurry up and wait. But I'm, <laughs> the camping, I'm loving. I want more of it, right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure we call it camping. I wouldn't call it camping, no. But you know, for, 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 the, for, for the people listening, you know, the... Uh, yeah, the reality. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, it, but and I met some lovely people, great camaraderie. Yeah, it was really good. So I did that. Cool. 
Cool, cool. Let yeah. me let me jump in. Um, that's that's an awesome story, and I love the the narrative. I love the way you 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 express yourself as well, which is why I wanted you to get you on here, Ian. It's it's awesome, and um, I'm just sorry I haven't seen you in so long to have a sort of proper proper catch up. But you do make me laugh. Um, so I want to pivot anyway and stay focused a little bit. Um, so all that experience and your own journey. What's what challenges, what are the most common challenges you come across for guys in their 40s that are struggling to actually um, live the life they weren't in terms of the health and fitness? And, and what are those barriers in their heads? Okay, the biggest thing for me is that they don't, one, they either don't set themselves a goal. And when they set themselves a goal, it's either too high and unrealistic or it's too low and pathetic. I'm sorry to not mince my words, right? But it's something I'm quite passionate about, right? So when I, when I say about that, you know, they don't actually, I'm looking at a guy, you know, he's, oh, I can't do a 5K. And I'm looking at him and I'm watching him. I think, yeah, you can. You can definitely do a 5K if we do this, 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 this over a period of time. Stop thinking that you're going to do it in three weeks, right? You're not 20. And that, and that gives me to an unrealistic goal. People come in and I want to look like him. What, you want to look like a 20-year-old who trains twice a day, who has no mortgage, no kids, and actually can smash himself, do some work to pay the bills, and then just sit on his mother's couch. It, it's not going to happen, right? It's not going to happen through your endocrine level. It's not going to happen through your, you know, your whole social you know, pressure level. It's, it's just ridiculous. So, and then obviously, you know, there's, people have this view of what people, you know, we've got unrealistic views of 40, 50 year olds sometimes coming on the, in the films where people are on all sorts of stuff. Uh, and people think that's what I can, I can achieve. And I think they need to redefine what their goals are and have realistic goals and a list realistic time frame. And most people in their forties and fifties do not give themselves long enough. And, and then that's something I've painfully learned myself you know, even though I've been saying it for a long time, you know, I've just had two kids, right? So one of the factors I didn't put in in getting fit was your kids get sick. You're up all night. And then you get the sickness. And then where before I think, okay, you know, I might be a week or something in that certain period of time. Suddenly I can be ill longer. And of course, when you get injured, it takes longer to, to get injured. Then your imbalances in your body get bigger. So you've actually got to start saying, right, okay, that's what I want to do. Right, let's just use an example if you like martial arts. I love jiu-jitsu, so Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So I love going to Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I can't go five times a week. I've actually got to spend two sessions stretching, releasing tight muscles, getting things reactivated. And if I don't do what I need to do, then my journey towards a goal of getting super fit or going in for a competition is going to go wrong because I'm going to get injured. And I blame it on the you know that neck crank being too hard, that but basically my traps have all tightened up. I didn't stretch them I, and I didn't give, I didn't listen to my body and I didn't change my program from that of a 20 year old to that of a 40 year old. And, and convincing people of that, I think is, is the biggest uh, issue for most people in their mid ages. Mm, yes, I, I completely agree. And that's exactly what I come across. Um, and then what, what's the, what, what's your comment on guys that have com- completely kind of lost, lost track of, of where they are. They're, they're a bit completely rudderless in terms of uh, getting themselves fit and healthy for a number of different reasons. We've talked about a few of them. What's kind of step one, two and three from your perspective? Set a goal one. Set, just mentally sit down and go, what do you want to do? 
you know, obviously I'm biased. Like, that's why I just like any sort of hike, any sort of, it motivates you. I'm going to be with a load of people and I don't want to let the team down. You know, not letting the team down is a big military thing. Yeah? You know, that's what drives people on and it works in, in the civilian uh, environment as well. So you sign up, then suddenly you've got the money commitment. Okay, oh, I paid some money and that's in six months or a year's time. And then you don't wait. The, people, the only reason not to start training immediately is your fear of training. Now, training should be fun. I, I've got enough things that are miserable in my life. Paying bills, miserable. Right? Getting up and it's dark, miserable. You know, all sorts of things that I find miserable, you know? Yeah. But training should be the best, most fun thing. And when people say to me, I don't like, what? How many different types of training are there? You know, there's a million different things, isn't it? Yoga, boxing, hitting the pads, Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu. We could just keep, we could list the, the, the amount of things you can do for the whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. And you have decided that you don't like any of them. And that is a wrong frame of mind. And it means you need to open your mind, have a word with yourself, and then uh, start finding what you like. You know, I personally cannot run on a treadmill. You know, I, I get it. You know, some people love it. I've met people who just love it. You know, and, and me, I, I will go out with the rain coming in sideways, cold, sleet, and run outside rather than go on a treadmill that but that's me you know yeah, i'm the same so, you know I, I, and and i don't i'm not massive i love running i run and when i'm running i'm thinking about the end goal i want to be fit enough to go on that expedition and i'm there i am in little i'm in the expedition so i'm not not enjoying it but i don't enjoy it like i enjoy jujitsu <laughs> or hitting the pads in muay thai i'm thinking i'm rocky again Woo! you know and, 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 and then the side effect is I get, I get fit. So that would be my thing. Find your thing. And that's for the trainer, if you've got one, to help you do that. And, yeah, that's, that's absolute gold, absolute wisdom. Um, what's, so what, what's the on, – on that thread then, what's, what's the difference between a person that will invest in a personal trainer and a coach um, and trying lots of new things versus the person that won't make that initial financial commitment? Uh, well, obviously it depends where they're, you know, money aside. Uh, I think it's some people are trying to set themselves up to fail to start with. Okay. And the way I said that you must've had this Nick is you'll meet someone and they go, I only want to train once a week. Okay. Yeah. I'll train people once a week, but their goals are very specific they just want to do an exercise routine maybe they want to work on their glutes maybe they want to work on their flexibility once a week because they won't they do other stuff but they never stretch or i just want to do some exercise guaranteed that will keep me out of the doctors you know what is it is that a realistic goal for once a week but other people go i, I, I want to do this 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 lose weight and be healthy and uh, once a week that's all i can spare and they're setting themselves up for failure of either because they're not, you know, they don't actually know what's required or deep down they want to fail because it's easier to say, you know, it's easier to say, wow, that trainer was rubbish. It wasn't down to me. Oh, my God. You know, it, that, that didn't work because that, the ultimately discipline and pain. And I used to, I used to train this guy once and uh, he was 75 and he had no voice box because he had a cut out because of cancer. 
I didn't know him that well, but every time I used to turn up to this one gym to box, he got me in a shower and he used to scare the hell out of me. So I used to always, no, not the shower, sorry, the, the sword. <laughs> <laughs> when I say the wrong thing, he, got me, he used to get me in the sword out, maybe shadow box. And uh, I couldn't keep up with him, right? I mean, like, bah, 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 bah. I was like, whoa. And we got outside and, and sidetracking a bit. There's this 15 year old, look, I'm looking up at this 15 year old. And he goes, um, oh, that guy's going to be world champion. And I went, oh, what's his name? He goes, oh, ten, Tony Bellew. So I met him then, and he, I, I, mate, oh, I thought he could, have, he could have knocked me out right there and then. And, uh, and so he was, you know, in, watching him box then, amazing. So anyway, this Terry just goes to me, this once the secret is sweat and stink. And quite, you know, I always took that. Yeah, you've got to put the hard work in. You don't want to overwork, but if you're not willing to get in the grind of it and take some mental pain, then it's not going to happen for you, is it? You know, and that, and when people say pain, I'm not talking about doing 100 burpees. I'm saying, well, okay, that chocolate bar I want, I'm not having. That, that oh, it's raining a bit, but I've got to walk to work. You know, yeah, you've got to get your 10,000 steps in. All the things that have made you where you are, because if you do the same thing, you ain't going to change, are you? Yeah. And change is painful. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I had a guy um, on last week. Um, from the States, Dr. Perry, and he, he said health is a four-letter word. word. It's work. You know, you've yeah. got to work at it. And I think it's about um, uh, not, not, not looking for that short-term, very quick fix and more, more longer-term about actually what you want out of life versus having a chocolate bar and getting, you know, getting the bus to work, you know, not having that chocolate bar, having a nutritious breakfast and, and walking and being nice and active throughout your day. The other comment I would have is exactly what you're saying is, you know, I, I, yeah, we all get it in this industry, don't you? You get people turning up and saying, yeah, I want to do one hour a week. Um, because I want to get fit and I kind of look at that individual and I don't actually do it now. I, I, I insist that they are on my app and I do their programming throughout the week no matter yeah. what they're at because I say to them, okay, 168 hours in a week, you, you want to train for one of those and, and what's the result you're expecting? Um, and that's kind of makes them think, well, hang on. Oh yeah. Does that make sense? But it, you know, but I think in, initially that's what's in their mind. They're like, Oh, I, I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a trainer once a week. And you know, I haven't trained before. I haven't trained for the last 20 years. I'm now 45. Um, I'm going to yeah. get a trainer for one hour a week. And, and you kind of have to really kind of question that person and say, okay, talk me through that. Talk me through how that's going to work for you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I mean, I think most people, maybe if, if you've got time, you want to be fit, it's, it's five hours a week. Now, you may not be, you know, everyone's got working out thinking that they're going to be on a spin bike or something. It may be you're doing stretching, core exercises, recovery hour in, within one of those sessions or two of those sessions, depends who you are and where you're at. But in your mind, you need to block off quite a lot of time. And now, if you block off five hours, Let's be, no, none of us are perfect. You might drop down to four. A really bad week, you're going to do three. However, if you block off two or three, that means some weeks you're going to do none. Yeah. And then in 40 plus, the drop off of not working out for a week is huge. And the gains of working out are small. So, you, you know, you've just got, the secret is just keep going and keep doing bits. You know, so even if you if you if you injured your leg, you can't run. Go and do your core. 
come and do some up. Do, do something. Go off and learn something. Yeah, that's what I say. Move your body. And what, yeah. what's, what's your comment to the guy um, that says they're too busy, they don't have time, um, work, family, blah, blah, blah? Uh, I would say, to quote Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> one of his motivational videos I saw the other day, make it a must and it will happen. Mm. Right? If, if, I, if, if I want that to happen, then you must do this. Yeah, you know, imagine, imagine me. We, we, I work at a school as well, and people are going, Yeah, I said, Imagine you've got your GCS uh, maths coming up. They go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, Okay, do you think maths classes should be voluntary and then just do the exam? And they went, No, it should be silly, we'll fail. I go, Well, that's what you're just telling me. You want, you want to go and do this expedition, but without doing any of the classes, any, any of the preparation, and you wonder why it all goes wrong. You know, we, we wouldn't think about doing that as a parent, putting someone into an exam who hasn't done the proper preparation. But when it comes to physically for ourselves, everybody wants to cut corners. And then I think that's just prioritization, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and going back to what you commented, it's that, um, it's that little voice in your mind where you, you kind of almost, you, you're almost willing to fail and have an excuse ready. That's the victim mentality, isn't it? And absolutely. And that's, that's, that's the path to long-term ill health in my mind. Um, yeah, chronic, yeah, chronic unwell people. They've, they've listened to that little voice, which we all carry. Don't get me wrong. We're all human. We all want to take the shortest path. Um, except the people that the differentiator is, is whether you listen to that little voice and you let it get louder and louder or you shut it up and you keep moving forward. Um, and, and yeah, it's a, it's a very slippery slope. And, and I think, you know, there's, there's people, which is why I'm doing what I'm doing and why you're doing what you're doing and why we're having this conversation is because there are a body of people out there who are, are kind of in their forties and they've made a few poor decisions. They've listened to that voice and they absolutely need to change it. And also if you make put yourself under pressure, it can help. Right. So, for instance, you know, you, you, let's say that you're going to do a 10K, but then you sponsor yourself for a charity if you do it. All your friends know. Everybody knows and they've given money if you do it. And suddenly you just getting your T-shirt through the post, but not turning up for the race. Suddenly you've got that external pressure on you, which is a good one. And that's why I think a lot of people realize it and sign up to do charity raising events, which is amazing. Mm. You know, it, it's a win win, isn't it? You end up fit. And you raise some money for a good cause. You know, going in for a group, you know, you're signing up as a team to do tough mother, tough guy. Suddenly again, you don't want to let your teammates know. So you'll get up, oh, I feel tired on Sunday, it's raining, I don't want to run. Oh God, yeah, but I don't want to let my teammates down. You go out again. So you put extra pressure on yourself. And I think again, an excellent thing. Going a park run. You're sitting there with people who are running around in a circle that you meet every week. And then suddenly you, you, you're 10 minutes off your time and Bobby was ahead of you and it sort of eats at you. Oh, I should be in front of them. You know, in a nice way. You like Bobby, right? But, you know, that social pressure of, yeah, I need to pull my finger out and get on, on, on the game again for myself. You know, I've missed a lot of training being away and then got injured. Uh, getting back on the mat and starting to roll with someone and really just realizing as they crush you that I just want to breathe and not be sick isn't that <laughs> <laughs> isn't the best winning formula and, and there's only one cure that is keep going yeah, yeah. so 
Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, Ian, I'm getting towards the end of, of, of uh, the bits and pieces that I wanted to cover. And there's been so much as well. Um, yeah. A couple of questions to kind of finish off. Um, yeah. one, one I ask everyone is, is what does health mean to you? Uh, health means fun to me. It means being able to do what you want to do and uh, being able to do it with a positive mindset and, a, and, and the physical ability. You know, a lot of people, if you don't physically, if not physically right, a lot of people aren't mentally as happy as they could be. So that's health rather than being a six pack and, you know, being able to lift an enormous amount of weight. Although I believe those goals move people towards that at a certain stage in their life. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, having taken people suffering from, you know, all manner of mental illness, um, drug issues, homeless issues, into the mountains even and train them for that you can see their positivity their ability to cope with life increase and uh, you know that is probably one of the most rewarding uh, journeys that i've done with, with people um so expand on yeah, that a little bit sorry i, I you, you have answered the question really well but I, I i forgot about that aspect of the stuff that you do so just expand on that for for the audience as to, to what you well we, we used to, to get we, we used to train a load of people in london parks who had you know homeless issues drug issues you know like stuff like alcohol crack heroin um and we'd get them fit to do 5Ks, 10Ks, some of them. And then we used to do like these odd expeditions with them, which was really, you know, gave them loads and loads of confidence. Um, you know, the responsibility of that is it's quite huge. As you know, Sadly, one guy wrote to me, you know, and uh, said it was the best thing he's ever done, but he couldn't handle coming back anymore. And then, he died a year later through suicide, you know, so, but you start readdressing uh, what success is. You know, we always think it's getting a PB, especially in, you know, personal training land, but, or that person comes off heroin or, or crack, but maybe it's just making one day of their life happy. Mm. You know, maybe it is just being able to, to go through journey, you know, without having their demons stopping them doing everything. And, and that's quite a humbling thing working with those people and uh something could take quite seriously yeah. yeah really that's interesting work and 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 impressive really is um gives you a, a kind of a unique perspective um on everything i think um yeah so thank you very much um uh, look we could go on and on and on i want to kind of um, um wrap it up and okay, just cool. and just acknowledge um all the all the awesome work i mean you touched on a, an incredible uh, component to what you you have done and what you do um with the homeless and and, and the sort of the uh, people that are, that are suffering out there in the world um and all the other awesome bits and pieces you're doing around your expedition so i just want to acknowledge you for that and and the awesome work and, and your general attitude as well which is why i wanted to get you on because your enthusiasm for life just oozes out of you and i'm always impressed um when we've had sort of face-to-face -face chats and and you've kind of um tutored me through through the running bits and pieces that we've done together and stuff it's just been awesome um to be part so i just want to acknowledge that um and also the rambo quote i don't want to let that one slip through <laughs> <laughs> and um i just want want to, to to sort of part part with a final question um what's what's the what's the best piece of advice that you've received uh, and you impart onto others? I, I, I think the thing that's, that's helped me most because I'm 
trying to juggle so many things is uh, Jock Wilco, prioritize and then execute. You know, that is the one that, you know, I'll get up at five and I go, you know, and I've, that's where when I look back and I don't get everything done, I haven't prioritized right. Prioritize and, and anyone execute. out there who's on their fitness journey, prioritize, execute, and it's going to happen for you. Wicked, wicked. Ian, it's been awesome talking to you. Thank you very much. Nice one, Nick. Ian McClelland, I hope you enjoyed that, guys. And I don't think I found a more straight shooting um, coach and leader out there um, so far. Ian is really kind of lays it on the line, and he's he's got a brutal honesty about him that I I, I respect so much. I really do. Um, so so big thanks to Ian. And if you want to connect with Ian and learn more about his fascinating uh, expeditions, expedition training, and just him in general and, and the ethos that he puts into absolutely everything he does in life, then um, you can uh, hook up with him on Facebook at Turnwild Expeditions. Um, his website is turnwild.com. That's where you'll find out all the, the bits and pieces that are going on with, with Ian. So please, please check him out and give him a follow and, and a like and uh, and let me know how you're getting on with everything in terms of the podcast. Always appreciate your feedback, guys. And if you can review us on iTunes or whatever app you use to to digest all the all the, the information, the bits and pieces I give through to you, then that would be fantastic. Always really, really helpful. Um, subscribe. But the most important thing you can do is just share it with someone you care about and hopefully we can impact them and other people together thank you very much until next time take care